Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to a very delayed Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse, and boy have I got a lot to tell you about. And it starts with why there's been a huge delay in podcasting uh, and how I'm going to rectify it. Um, so if you first time listening, obviously welcome to the podcast. This is usually, dare I say, a regular uh, podcast that I release uh, here in Newcastle, England, the good old rainy, cold northeast of England in the good old United Kingdom that will be a United Kingdom in terms of Brexit once it happens will be gone from Europe forever, which is a bit rubbish. But uh, yes, so um, I've had some unfortunately very difficult times with my mum, who's not very well at all. And what I thought I would do is to do like some sort of solo podcast after this one uh, to basically uh, explain my situation and why I am incredibly swamped with uh, my mum is not very well at all. Um, and that's obviously took priority, which I don't like because I like doing this podcast. But I've had next to no time to book anybody or even, as you can see, upload any damn shows. Which is frustrating the hell out of me, but the, obviously I'm responsible for that. But um, until that gets fixed, um, I'm a bit struggling the content. Uh, I'm just getting by, basically. Um, and so if you want to know more about that and my reasons behind that, um, obviously listen to the next podcast I'll upload where I'm going to explain about my mom's situation and go into more detail about that and a ton of different other issues uh, related to this podcast. Um, but anyway, so this pod, this episode that was done around about a month ago, which tells you how late it is, is a couple of weeks late in terms of being uploaded, is um, uh, me and Ricky reviewing 2017, uh, considering it's nearly the second month of 2018, that tells you how far behind I am. Um, but obviously, hopefully I'll rectify all that and normal service will resume uh, from next month, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's me and Ricky reviewing 2017, we talk about some events that happened then, uh, I mentioned the, the, the sign discovery of teleporting a um, photon uh, to the satellite and back that the Chinese did in the middle of 2017. That's my nerdy thing that I enjoyed that happened in 2017, making teleportation possible, and a whole host of other things, uh, and we just talk about... I think this was recorded on the 30th of December, so literally a month from this recording of this introduction. And uh, so yeah, I think we talked a little bit about New Year's Eve. Um, and I guess what I will talk about in the next podcast as well is that I have a new girlfriend as well, which is, she's incredibly understanding because I've spent very little time with her because of what's been happening, but uh, chose that she has potential of being a long-term girlfriend because I really do like her. Um, so that's obviously uh, something I'll talk a little bit about without being too overly uh, open because I do believe in some form of privacy, even though if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to talking about things. Um, but yeah, so obviously, hopefully, normal service will resume uh, next month uh, once I figure everything out and my mom gets better. But she's getting a lot of help. But um, currently, I'm in control of her medication, so that's been a huge problem. But um, please do consider subscribing. More episodes will be coming in 2018, uh, ongoing. And uh, we're at geek underscore apocalypse on the tweets, and uh, Ricky is at favorite Ricky. But enjoy this episode review. For the benefit of the people listening, because we just mentioned about Jewish service, and people might not know this if they're not from England or America, because I think I'm right in saying Americans have to do this too. Is that yeah? We it is mandatory if you you can be requested to do jury service, and if people I don't know whether or not people might know what jury service actually is, because it would basically just be on a jury for a crime, and you're part of the the you know the the, the hand picked jury, um, and anyone in the public. Uh, sector, like so anyone, any civilian who lives in the UK or America um, can be called up and it's very hard to get out of. I think it's only if you do something like hugely important that you get to do it. And actually a, a funny, fun fact uh, I think this happened this year because this is obviously going to be a review, we're going to get onto that in a second but um, uh, Barack Obama tweeted, did you hear about this that Barack Obama's going to do it? 
Did you know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he tweeted that uh, he got, uh, he, he like tweeted jokingly, like, "Oh, I've been asked to do jury service," and they looked into it, and he went, "I think it it, sh- it shows good like camaraderie that I'm gonna do it. Like it's uh, like it's a country thing, and I don't think I should be secluded." But then, like this, you know, because every former president gets like a secret service. You know, he's, he's gonna have people watching him. Every president does that. Because they're still important, because they've got all these secrets and stuff like that, so they get looked after. So they had to look into, like, the secret, like, the FBI and whatnot, had to look into that if he did accept it, would they be able to, like, make sure he's safe? Um, and, like, you know, could they, could they have, like, you know, security guards inside the, you know, the courtroom and all this kind of thing? And apparently they've worked it out, and a year's going to do it. But, um, just on that, just on that very quickly, um, given what we just talked about as well. Yeah. When, when Trump leaves office. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he'll be sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, would they, would they would they look at his uh, medical record and think he's fit for doing something? <laughs> Probably not. That's what I think. That's what people argue in it is that he's was he fit to even be president? I don't know. And you couldn't trust him to be quiet as well. Yeah. He'd probably be tweeting about the bloody thing as it as it went on. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. So the the guy's name is such and such, and I think he did it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what Trump would do. Is he's such a tool? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so anyway, so because um, I wanted to get into because I know we've already been chatting for quite some you know for about half an hour or so, so I wanted to get into because obviously this is going to be like a 2017 year in review. That's what's going to be called. So I wanted to just ask to get the ball rolling on that. Like, so if I said to you 2017 and sort of this year, Ricky, like what what comes to mind in terms of your memory? What's going to be your memories of this year? Wow, okay. and that's a very wide and that's a wide wide open question, but. Give me the chance. I'm giving you a chance to let you think. I would say it's probably two things on a personal up the stick out, and that's the um, we we resurrected mentally sound, um, and uh, I had another little gorgeous nephew being born. So oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I've also like lost people. I lost a cousin sadly uh, in India. Who, another one to Huntington's disease. Who I oh, um, oh, right, think yeah. we talked about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not fun. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's what's sad about like because I'm thinking about this tomorrow. Um, just like because I have lo- I lost my friend John, I lost my auntie this year, and um, yeah, that's going to be kind of difficult tomorrow because that that that's because I'm not really like a fan of remembering like I, like New Year's Eve, which is something I guess we can delve I mean, into a I tiny mean, bit. Every New Year's Eve, you kind of have a moment to reflect on the year gone by. It kind of it's the way my brain works. Like I don't want to, and that's probably the reason I don't like New Year's Eve because. I don't like New Year's Eve as the concept in terms of the party aspect of it because, you know, it's just like, it's any other day really. Like, you know, well, because everyone goes, oh, it's the last day of that year. Well, I'm like, yeah, but the day before was last year, that the, the last day of that year. Like, it, 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 it doesn't mean much to me. It's like, it just, we're literally just changing the clock one, one year forward. Um, which I know some people who, pro- who listen to this might be like, well, that's ridiculous. That's just like, you know, sort of being like Ebenezer Scrooge, like I am for Christmas sometimes. But I'm like, it's because people don't know how to have, like, it's people who go and end up having fun. Like, like enforced fun. Like, they don't really know how to have fun. And the, and so they go out because they think, well, that's what society expects me to do. Yeah. And I'm quite happy to, I was just discussing this earlier, like, I'm quite happy to just be like, you know, have my regular day and not have to like sort of stay up till midnight and try and ring like everybody I know just to tell them like happy new year when I could wait I could go to sleep at a normal time wake up the next day and go oh by the way happy happy new year like you know because why do you need to do it at two seconds to midnight I don't really or two seconds after another that's another weird advantage to social media if you if you can't be asked to ring or message everybody like uh, happy new year you just you just send out a tweet or a facebook and and, and that and that covers everybody yeah well, that's what i want to do yeah i'm gonna probably do that tomorrow morning that's right uh, on my way back from the match i told you i was getting some takeaway yeah and uh the guy on the trip he said um uh, so what are you what are you doing new year's eve and uh, i just i mean i've got no plans and i just said well i'll probably be along here collecting some dinner and <laughs> He said, oh, he kind of gave a wry smile, thinking, oh, well, that's nice, you know, you're thinking of me. And then he says, I'm sorry to tell you we're going to be closed. And we'll be closed the following day and the day after that. I panicked about that with Lister's food, uh, wet food, because his food ran out, like, the day after Boxing Day. 
yeah. the pet shop wasn't open and I went, oh crap, like, and he doesn't eat his dry food without his wet food, he's one of them type of dogs. So I went, oh crap, I'm, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. And luckily, luckily the, the pet store was open, like, yesterday and the day before so i was like oh thank god, thank god for that because <laughs> uh you don't think of these things like because you can and you kind of go what's open and what's not open because there's some things that aren't some things that aren't um so it can be a little bit but uh, answer... sorry go on. really reflect upon years as a block of a year if you see my meaning yeah because yeah I agree, me, I agree with that yeah the first day of january is to me is not is no different from the last day of december it's like you know yeah. there's no there's no like fine line or even blur between them it's just two two days as, as as any other couple of days that you'd couple um throughout the year um it's just the way it is um, i i completely agree with that that was what i was thinking actually uh we just do it to make history more hmm. it's just a way of pigeonholing and filing history the only way that i quite like it the only way that i the only way i use it in a kind of positive light because i was trying like come up with something that makes a positive sense in it all is I do kind of think of it as when it does turn into a new year, because you do get this time period of time off if you're working. Um, is the is the uh, it does kind of let me. It, I do feel like it's a bit of a restart. So yeah. it does kind of it does kind of help in that sense because I I kind of get like a a bit of energy to go right. It's a new year. I'm going to try and like try and do new things or try and like keep on top of stuff and it uh, like because. In a way, I think that's the best part about Christmas because in a way, it sort of lets you recharge your batteries and be around people you care about, and 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 you know, even though it's, I mean, I'm not trying to be stereotypical in that sense because I know there's some people who can't get time off work, you know, in between, which is not nice, obviously. Um, but I mean, in general, you get like quite a few days off, and you can sort of recharge. And you just get like a long weekend, uh, which will, in, in a sense, will be a long weekend. Because uh, so yeah so um so so in that sense it's it's good for people, um so I think that's what people I mean, ultimately I can, use I can it for. Name off certain years which I remember with fondness, and I can yeah n- name name years which weren't so good. Yeah, um, but to me it's just it's like history. It's a way of dealing with history that yeah. you remember things a certain. It's it's like you know it's 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 a way of patterning history that you can sort of file away and think yeah. I mean, I, I would rather be more specific, like that was a good month of that certain year, because I'm sure even in good years you have certain. Yes, of course, yeah. Months, you know, so. Uh, yeah, you're right, though, in a sense of I think it's as you get like sort of older as well as that, like uh, you start like not remembering years, you just remember like events that happened or like rough idea. Like I, I don't remember certain years, like that, like accurately. So, so you mentioned you mentioned the bad points of the year. I mean, what were your highlights? I mean, obviously getting Lister was was a big one, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's that, that, that's that's actually a really good example of what you're just talking about because even though I've I got him this year, uh, Lister's my dog for those that haven't uh, potentially listened to this before, and um, I got him in f- end, the end of February, and he's been an absolute revelation, and I still think that now, like he's been the best decision. Um, he makes me. He makes. He helps with my mental health. He just helps me in my general life. He helps me. It's the classic case of having a, a pet that doesn't make you feel as, oh, a, a lonely. A link, there is a link there with mentally mm. sound because yeah. I remember. I remember that a previous show at a previous station where we, we did a news item, didn't we, about um, these veterans who had like yes. wolves with helping them, and <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> we, we then talked about pets and then and pet therapy and then. You, you, <laughs> You said on air, I'm going to get myself a dog, and and we, and we all as listeners and colleagues probably went, well, is he serious or not? And then uh, and I, I said like to my, because obviously I, I I showed some pictures to some of my family that I hadn't seen for a while, because uh, uh, I had a family gathering obviously over the Christmas period, and yeah, I said to them like it's been a closet uh, like thing I've wanted to do, like that I've just not said told people for quite a long time because you know the 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 context is that my parents are very sort of anti-pet because my mom had this approach of well even if you buy a goldfish you're just going to ignore it and i'm going to have to feed it all the time <laughs> so yeah so i was never allowed any uh i was never allowed any pets um i mean just remember that funny because that's a funny just a reminder i don't know if it was this year or not probably not but um that that wolf story was hilarious because the way steve uh, did the headline for that made it sort of sound like wolves were going to like an adopted center and taking veterans home as like a part of their family i remember him saying it that sort of that way and i was just giggling like an idiot because it did sound like you know wolves were like come on then you can come stay with us <laughs> but it was like wolves being like hi- hired like um borrowed 
uh, by veterans is like, and also because I said like it was one of the reasons I thought about getting a ferret for the same reason is that ferrets are a thing that you know people get given uh, for depression in America because um, they're apparently very good companions. Um, so yeah, and to, go, to sort of go back to the, the 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 point was yeah, a really good positive thing. But as you said, I don't treat it as a year because I've already thought about this um, that I'm going to celebrate the day that I got him. Um, it's like his birthday of having him because I don't know when his birthday actually is. I have no idea when he was born. Um, so I'm going to just celebrate the day that I had him, that that I that I got him. Um, so so as you said, even though it was last year, I'm still going to have him for part of this year. So it kind of doesn't make much sense to celebrate that. So, um, like right now, but it but you're right though. It does make me reflect in that way and go, I'm really glad I got him because. As I said, it could have been a. I remember you. That I remember we've brought this up before. It could have been a complete backfire because, you know, I, I know, I've known people who have got dogs and they just find it overwhelming the responsibility, um, and that can, that can be negative was, for a mental health issue. Because he wasn't he wasn't like healthy at the beginning, and you had to you had to take him to pets. Yeah, he had a he had a um a hematoma, which is a burst blood vessel in his ear. Um, so you had to get surgery for that, which I talked about on the on the and show. You must have thought at some at some point, like, is this all really worth it? Having to do all this? Well, no, actually, I mean, Are you persevered, and it's turned out to be the best. It's thing. funny you say that because yeah, you do go when because vet vet bills are a absolute fortune, regardless whether you got insurance or not. Um, and I did think, oh God, like, can I, can I, if this, because you you start going if. if if this is every month, I don't. I, I'm not going to be able to do anything. Like I'm going to be spending all my time making sure he's okay. But I knew I made a, the right decision though, because I went. If I have to like go and do something I don't want to do in order to pay this bill off or get like a loan or something, I legitimately thought that, um, yeah. and I was willing to do that to make him okay. Um, so I think that kind of makes you a pet owner if you're willing to do that because he's essentially like. You know, not to be all like sort of sobby about it, but he's like, but I'm like, it's almost like he's part of the family. So if something went wrong with him, I want to help him. Um, so yeah, that's definitely. How I felt that quite early, and obviously, like now more than ever, I'm like, if something happened to him, I wanted to make sure he was all right. And I think any pet owner listening to this will completely understand that. Um, you know, because it because you think about just and as we say, like you know, you have the wrong impression, like I did, where I'm like, oh god, if this vet bill is going to be every month. He's not had an issue at all since then, um, so you know you just you just hope that that's the case um, moving forward. Um, and as long as that that is the case, then I'm going to keep him as long as possible, obviously. Um, and yeah, just as I said, just in general, in, in a general sense, like I've never once regretted having him, which is like a really good feeling. So like whenever I like look over and see him, like even when he because he snores, which is a adorable, um, he snores quite loud when it, when he's like in deep sleep, and I'm like I'm and I. If I've ever been, you know, with partners who snore, I find that quite difficult. But I've learned to deal with it. You can tolerate dog snoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's me sort of admitting I prefer dogs to people. But, um, but yeah. So yeah, I would say if I was reviewing it just on a personal note, um, yeah, getting list, I was like the biggest highlight because, as you said, with the down stuff, like you know, we just touched on that. Um, he helped me immensely through all that period because all the period of me having him was when, at the time where bad stuff was happening. Um, or just, that's not bad. I don't really like the term bad stuff. I just mean difficult things, I should say. Um, you know, because it's not anyone's fault. Um, yeah, just the difficult periods of time this year. It was great to come back to him because dogs have, or any pets, I think, really, have this whole innocence about them that like they'll treat you the same way regardless of what's going on. Um, and that's what makes them truly, that's what makes pets truly wonderful. Um because they just treat you with complete, like, a balance of, like, just love and care. Um, yeah. You know, which I think some humans need to learn. Yeah. Children are the same, yeah. Just just when looking at him, when he gives you that smile, mm. and when he's acting acting all boisterous, and he's only, he's only four months old, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, there is a therapy that involved there as well. I don't know, I don't know if there is such a thing called child therapy or whatever but I mean you know when you're a doting uh, parent or or uncle you know aunt just just having seeing their innocence mm-hmm. just kind of makes it um, I don't know they have a wonderful they have a wonderful way of putting things into perspective I think so yeah 
that, that, uh, that was one of the nice things I saw my nephew uh, recently. And um, just seeing them all, like, sort of, he's now, he's going to be 11 in January, which freaks me out. But, um, but yeah, he's just the, the fact that he's so, um, he's such a good kid and he's got, he's, he's, he's very, like, bright and he's kind. And, and, and yeah, and just whenever you talk to him about things, as he said, as you said, he just, they have a, because, I mean, obviously he's not, like, sort of old enough to be making, like, big decisions yet, but he's becoming a person, um, and and it's just like uh, it's it, it is great that like whenever you talk to them like they don't sort of that you know because everyone goes on about kids who have tantrums and all that kind of thing but I actually think adults have more tantrums than kids do a lot of the time yeah, yeah. it's it's adults that can't handle stuff really because you were told a kid like for example somebody you know somebody they knew it like passed away or something kids can deal with it far better than adults can but as you said maybe it's the innocence of they don't really fully know what's going on. But, um, yeah. but in a way, it's like they they kind of do have a kind of like um, very basic. I have to say of... though, death death does freak me out. And mm. I remember I lost my first grandparent when I was only age seven. Yeah, and I was obviously kind of sheltered away from from what was going on, and I wasn't like directly told about it by anyone out of my family. So when a cousin came along and said to me suddenly, I'm very sorry to hear about your nan dying, I was like, "Mm." even though deep down I kind of knew that was the deal, it was just weird and shocking to hear it from a cousin in a way. Yeah. You know, I love my nan and and, I can still have quite vivid memories of of us together and stuff. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, and ever since then, it just kind of freaks me out. It's not something I've... People always try and come and tell me that, you know, Oh, it's just part of life, you know. You get, used to it. <laughs> but it never does. So I, I know, I know that sounds weird that I'm laughing at that, but I, I'm laughing because I totally get your point. Yeah, that it is, it is the, it is the hardest thing to deal with. But then, um, there was something that I saw the other day that kind of gave me a little bit of comfort in that sense of that, like, if you are a person who believes in sort of evolution and you believe, well, I say believe, I, I, I don't think belief has anything to do with it. It's fact in my opinion, but, um, but I'm just saying, if you happen to be people who are not religious and believe in that, uh, or like think it's a fact that the the earth evolved over, you know, billions of, I'm, because I'm, I'm listening to a lot of like science books recently as, um, like audio books and whatnot, and I was listening to one last night, and it gave me some comfort on the basis of what we're just talking about that, like, we are all essentially stardust, stardust in the universe that, you know, is being created by a bunch of stuff blowing up like stars and, you know, antimatter and matter exploding together. And, um, and, and we are part of that beginning. That means that life in terms of dying is, is involved in the process to make other things in the future keep on living. And like that, that I just really quite liked that idea because it's almost like we're sort of all part of the same connection, and we're all like kind of have a. Even if we don't have the greatest of life, we're all like we 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 have like that purpose of that we're all part yeah, of something. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really. Yeah. That's that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, I don't really have a a, a sincere belief in the afterlife necessarily, but yeah. I, I do. I, I I do like to think that there is something within within something like a, a karma. Where your when your soul departs and then and then carries on in a in a different being, mm-hmm. um, it could be plant life, animal life, wildlife. Although, oh god, this is bad timing because <laughs> because, because because one one of my favorite comedians who is currently we talked about um, a certain comedian who a stand up that we like, but it came out recently and said that he was um, you know flashing himself and you know and, and the females you know. You know who I'm on about. Yeah, you're on about Lucy K. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if it was wise to name him. No, no, it's okay. I mean, people, if if people know about it, we're not saying anything out of. Uh, it's just because you know. he. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm good at about that because I thought he's hilarious and and I'm mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm sickened by it anyway. But he one of his great gags was about this very thing where, you know, uh, being being a human being is is surely the best thing to be. So let's enjoy as much as we can because. Even if our soul departs and 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 goes goes into another living thing, it's going to be crap because you end up gonna, you're probably going to end up getting eaten by something or something's just something yeah. bigger than yeah yeah. 
bite your neck and then you're going to bleed to death and something. Well, that's what's dumb about... Like, I used to make that point about, re, you know, if you believe, believed in reincarnation. Because everyone, like, goes, oh, I believe in reincarnation. And then they pick what, what they want to come back as. And I'm like, surely it doesn't work like that? Like, so isn't it like a lottery of, like, you can come back as a snail? And I'm like, I'm kind of going, if reincarnation does exist, I do not want to come back as a snail. Like, I just, I just don't. Like, you know, I'm like, I could... I, like, if I came back as Lister in a family that it, like liked him i'm like okay i might be able to be okay with this and also it doesn't uh, it doesn't make the it doesn't answer the question of so it's my conscience is does consciousness carry on so am i the dog or am i am i am i even aware that i'm the dog or like because in that case reincarnation wouldn't matter then it would have to be that my consciousness passes on to a dog which means that you know that I would live my life out as a dog. So as I'm saying, if that's the case, would you want to live your life as a snail where everything's, like, ultimately slow? And as you say, you could get killed by, like, wandering into somebody's house and someone killing you with salt. Or, like, you know, like, I mean, like, the, the, I, I'm not sure I want that to be true. Um, so, I, and as I said, it does lead to a whole bunch of rules. It's like, you know, so so tell me what you think reincarnation is. It's not like it seems to be a definition on it, but... Um, but no, like, um, I, yeah, I thought you were gonna say because, like, I, I can't remember who comedian said this, but like, no matter what you feel about what happens after you pass away, is that we're all gonna end up in the same place anyway. So it's like that whole rule of like, there's only two things that are certain in life: death, de- death and taxes. <laughs> uh, everything else is just a lottery. So just as you say, enjoy it while you can. But um, but no, like as I said, like I think that's one of the most beautiful things about. You know, having offspring or having nephews and nieces is that um, that definitely, you know, makes me interested about being a parent one day. Because just the end of this, like, sort of... Um, yeah, I've, I've more or less made yeah. my... This is me being quite personal here, but yeah, I've more or less made my mind up that I probably won't be a parent because I just feel I'm quite limited as a, as a person because okay. even I've got... I mean, I, I'm confident in terms of how much love I can give to it. A child, and, yeah. you know, but I, I, I get disappointed in the modern world that it's becoming ever more materialistic. Mm-hmm. It's what people are judged upon. Yeah, yeah. So if I, I know that I'm held back my, by my condition, um, whether it kind of, um, st- you know, where it halts my potential in life or whatever. Um, but I, the last thing I would want is like my son or daughter to like go up to me and say, um, you know, so and so has got such. Why can't I have one? It's like, it's just so, if you asked me 20 odd years ago, I would have probably said, yeah, I would probably, but I just, I just get, and then people tell me that, you know, well, you can still raise a kid your own way and you can set your own ways and rules of life and so on. But I think that kind of withers away the way things are going. I mean, um, you know, kids want mobile phones by the, the age of five or six or something. And it's like, you know, it's. I'm probably sounding a bit. Uh, <laughs> um, it's okay, like pessimistic, I guess. But um, it's like, uh, and I enjoy that thoroughly. If it makes you feel any better, um, Ricky, it's not, you've it, just had a good conversation with with Ellen recently. I'd advise yes to that conversation because yes, they were talking about um, having pets as opposed to having kids. Yeah, and then when people always ask them, "But well, why do you? How come you haven't got kids?" And they always will say, they always respond to them and say, well, why do you actually have kids? <laughs> well, also the question I thought was interesting, because it's weird you said that, because I watched, um, I don't know when it was on, but I just saw it on YouTube, so I watched the interview. Because, you know, I'm, a, I'm obsessed with interviews, so I watch interviews all the time. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it was uh, Ricky Gervais' wife, Jane, I don't know what her second name is, but it's Jane something in it. And um, she, was on to do, she was on to promote a book that she'd wrote. Which I was quite interested. I didn't know she was a writer, um, and it was interesting because he talks. Uh, I've seen Ricky Gervais talk about his wife in other interviews, and um, she said she uh, said was talk, talked about that very thing on Lorraine. It was on Lorraine, the the Lorraine Kelly show, and um, yeah, she just basically said the question she asked back to them is, is she said in this interview, "Why are you so obsessed with us wanting to have kids?" Yeah. That's the thing that I find most a very good point. But it, what I was about to say as well, just from a personal point, to be truthful, you know, to, to, to say something to you, not to make you feel better as in I'm just saying it for that reason, but I'm, I think it's worth saying, is that, you know, my desire to have children is quite high, 
but I do think about the sort of avenue of like uh, you know because of the fact that you have you know a disorder that you can potentially pass on and there's all these other factors to consider that yeah it does make me so it, it does totally make me think this and again it goes back to like me getting a dog I mean it's not the same thing but it's still having responsibility for something else every day yeah. and uh, that is like a really really big decision so like I'm saying that just to reaffirm Ricky's point and how you know, I admire you for saying that because I think that's being a responsible person by thinking that, um, and I definitely have thought that many no, a time. It's true, and it's also um, it's also a bit of a stigma, especially in the Indian community, that mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think both men and women go through this. That if you're into your like well into your thirties or even forties or beyond, mm-hmm. and you and you're childless, or even even if you're not married, you kind of. I wouldn't say like looked down upon necessarily, but kind of viewed in a funny skewed way, as if to suggest that what's you know what's wrong with you, like um, is it just down to bad luck or whatever or something, and it's just you know, mm-hmm. uh, so there is a stigma there because because in Indian culture it is a uh, quite um, no no that's in, that's fascinating yeah when it's celebrated that you do because because I'm sure I've told you before that. The weddings in the Indian community are like massive; they're huge milestones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When obviously the follow through from that is, you know, families. Uh, I I gotta say though, and I can't remember where this was, but I saw an Indian wedding once in a hotel I was staying at with my brother. I can't remember what we were doing, but it was it was I think somewhere in like Birmingham or something. Mm-hmm. And um, we were we were at like the fo- we were in the like the foyer. I, I think I'm saying that right because my my brain's. The like the 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 yeah the foyer that's what you call it isn't it and um of the hotel we were like in the reception area and there were a whole bunch of people like from this wedding were like you know going in and out of like the function room that we could see and we like because we were wait I think there was some problem with our room or something so we had to wait um so we were just like sitting watching like up through the doors. And I gotta say, like in the twenty minutes or so we were waiting, and I have heard this from people who have attended Indian weddings, they're super fun. They look amazingly good fun. <laughs> like we were just sitting watching it for twenty minutes, and it was like all these drums and those are drums and people on chairs and like all, and, and like chanting. And I'm going, it, 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 the one thing Indians know how to do is to do a party. <laughs> That's what I was. If they're northern, if they're northern Indian, like my family are from, then they drink like fish. <laughs> Even better. Welcome to part of my family. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm teetotal now. So yeah, out. yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a shame. But yeah, the but... is, they're, they're also very political. Mm-hmm. I mean, when my brother, my when my brother got married, when my sister got married, um, there were a lot of people there um, who, are, who are, who in my opinion, should, didn't deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a thing to say because rather than inviting people that you obviously like and get on with. It's also a case that you don't invite just them, you invite everybody. Like a reputation thing, yeah. Yeah, so it, it becomes a bit weird in that regard. I would like, never, I would never do that for a wedding. It's like people who become, it's like people who become, I always find this quite annoying when there's people who become like sort of semi-famous and they invite like, you know, well-known people to their weddings because they think that'll like kind of be like a good like sort of like, um, and I'm like, if I was like even remotely well-known, I would never, like, go, like, I've never met Tom Cruise and be like, but send him an invite anyway, because, like, you know, I, and then, like, we'll be up the whole news of, well, Stephen Hersey's invited Tom Cruise to his wedding, and he said no, just to get, like, a bit of headlines in the thing that I'm having my wedding at some point. I'm like, I'm like, th- like, that that's just completely, like, over the top. It's like, and it, it reinforces that there's these people who are getting more publicity than people who actually deserve the publicity. And I'm not, I'm um, not, I'm not, on a personal level, I, I don't find weddings... If I was to get married, it would it would be the smallest ceremony possible. Yeah, mine would be like all different. Yeah, I would. And, I would, yeah, I would but done in an individual way, not yeah. not a very kind of. Uh, yeah, I think if I ever did, it would be like completely non-traditional. I would just be like come up with all sorts of radical ideas and like yeah, because yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So um, you en- you entertain the idea of marriage? Yeah, I'm I'm like I'm kind of like undecided. Um, like I saying, I I don't I don't treat it as a big deal like a lot of people do, um, which is something I agree with Ricky Gervais on. So actually, that's a good segue because it goes back to what we we're just talking about, because um, we we talked about Ricky Gervais. Because um, I don't think we finished that. Married, are they? Are they just part- no, exactly. They they don't believe in marriage either. Um, and he and, and I I thought when you first brought him up, you were going to bring up when he was on Piers Morgan. 
because uh, I saw the one he did on P.S. Morgan when P.S. Morgan took over from Larry King um, in America. Oh, it wasn't Life Stories. It was. No, it was the one on uh, CNN he did uh, after Larry King. It was. It didn't do very well. Um, we only asked about a year or something. But it, he did some good interviews on it, though. I have to say, I don't. I say that much. Uh, when he stops being a twat, he's actually a good interviewer. When he wants to be, he just wants to say controversial stuff By all the, the way, time. Yeah, uh, just um, to go back to Frankie Boyle. Yeah. Um, I watched a bit of that New World Order, his review of the year, mm-hmm. uh, was it a couple of nights ago. Yeah. And it did show you a Piers Morgan interview that he did with Mariah Carey, right? <laughs> it, uh, get this right. You'd have to watch it, and I'm eager to, re- to watch it, to watch the whole thing. I'll probably, mm-hmm. probably tomorrow if I get time. But um, mm-hmm. So so he, they're interviewing Mariah Carey about something or other, I don't know, like, I don't know, album release or something. Mm-hmm. So she's lying, she's lying sideways, almost like I am now. <laughs> on my bed she's lying sideways on the sofa and this happened just hours after the um the las vegas shooting so like it's this really awkward moment where piers morgan asks her what's your immediate reaction and there's a there's a sort of like a semi-clad mariah carey lying sideways on the sofa thinking uh yeah and it's like, you know, where do we go from here? Like, that's that's like a, that's like the, the red carp. Like, that's one of those things I think is ridiculous about red carpets at film premieres because, like, there's always, like, one reporter there. It's a bit like that's why Christine Guru Murphy kept pissing people off because any of these, like, sort of interviews where they're there to promote their film and then a person goes, like, what you're wearing? And then they go, so, what's your solution for world peace? <laughs> And you're like, I'm not really, you know, is this a forum to talk about, like, you know, world, world peace fair, problems? I'd rather they ask that than ask them what they're bloody wearing or... Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, but that's what I mean, it's like they just do the whole, like, you know, the the classic, like, I'm going to ask three and four questions that are complete bollocks, and then I'm going to ask the question I really want to ask, like, you know, the whole, like, let's, let's leave them with a false sense of security. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, she, I mean, she annoys the hell out of me, but she, she, she provided the most entertaining interview of the year, actually. Mm-hmm. Um... Was it was right was it Ryan Gosling in 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 the the new Blade Runner? Um, yes. Yeah. So I haven't seen. Do you know, it. I think her name's Alison Hammond. Is it the 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 last out of Big Brother who was on this morning? Might you be. Know, yeah. The, the 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 sort of like uh, the black lady, but she's quite. Yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. Was she in Big Brother? Yeah, that's ah, right. Famous. I thought I was. Tra- yeah, I saw a clip of her. I think this is a really funny blooper of her where she's going for a caravan and she, like, because she's. A, I mean, how can we say? I'm. I'm tra- I say this like with with complete respect, but she's quite a, a big, big girl, and she's going through like she's doing this section, and she's great because she was. She said it with good humor. Um, she was going through like a caravan doing this segment, and it was live. And they were they did this the one that the basically whoever the producer of it was right. I want you to walk through the caravan, talk to the camera as you're walking through, and then go into like the bedroom where the people are with the caravan. I can't remember what the segment was about, but she was going to interview the people inside the caravan. And because the caravan was quite small, the the entrance into the bedroom was like quite tiny, and she couldn't get into the room. Oh. <laughs> it was live, and so she just starts giggling, going, "Oh, we didn't think of this. We didn't think this through. Like, I can't get in. I can't get through. I'm stuck." Exactly. Like, yeah. She's she's a fun person. Yeah. She annoys me on that program because she does all. I mean, I hate I hate sort of celebrity gush, you know that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, but but to be fair, on this interview, right? So she she was interviewing um uh, Harrison right. Ford and Ryan. Ryan got, yeah, yeah. And they ended up getting pissed because cause they were, they were just ended up drinking like uh, shots of whiskey. Oh right. And it just kept. I think on I saw that. Time. I think I saw that because do they end up just laughing, laughing their ass yeah, off? Yeah. Just, just I've not seen the interview, but I saw an article about it saying it was like actually the fit, like so it's quite refreshing to see Harrison Ford like yeah, exactly. have his hair down because he's notorious for being just like one word answer. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, I hate I hate them sorts of interviews where they promote film because they ask the most inane. I know. And, oh, so I love, like, I employ anybody to watch, listen to the Nerdist podcast uh, with Tom Hanks, where Tom Hanks was on to promote Captain Phillips, and he's yeah. and he, he in the first five minutes of it. So I think it was the second time he ever appeared on it. So if you type in Nerdist Tom Hanks or something on iTunes or whatever, you'll find it. And um, and it, it's it's a brilliant interview, and it's only about like forty five minutes because he's doing a media day, and he walks in and he goes and he sits down with the guys from Nerdist, and he goes. I'm so glad I'm getting to do yous now because I'm so sick of these fucking media things. Because <laughs> he went, we had to sit here and we got to talk about life. And he talks about it and then they, because the, he opened up talking that way, they go, so what's it been like? And he goes, oh, well, I can give you some examples. And it's the one I always go to as an example of like how 
people don't know how to interview and there's people who just get sent to these things and go go and talk to tom cruise and tom hanks sorry and and tell him about his film he's on um and he gives an example of where he'd done like about 10 of these 10 minute interviews in a row and then a woman comes in uh, i think it was in australia and he goes uh, or something like that. Anyway, it's irrelevant where it was, but he just basically sits down and goes, "Oh," and then because they have a little bit where the set makes sure the cameras are all right, and they introduce each other before the cameras roll, and he's like, "It's like, oh, Tom, it's a real pleasure to meet you. You know, thank you for doing this." He's like, "Oh, no problem. You know, ask us whatever you want." And then the cameras roll, and she goes, "So, Tom, Captain Phillips," <laughs> and then says nothing. And so he says that, like, in in the podcast, on the notice podcast, he was like, that annoyed the shit out of me, because, like, you're not even willing to actually ask us a question. You just want me to fill in the gap. That, yeah, yeah. So I just went, you know, so he played a game. He went, I'm just not going to take the bait. So he went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, like, apparently he's like, and so the next thing she did is she panicked and went, uh, uh, um, uh, what, what, was it, was it good? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like we're talking about, uh, about extraordinary interviews this year. I mean, this mm. is this is actually quite good because we're reviewing the year, and it's like we're reviewing yeah, yeah. memorable interviews. But yeah, yeah, I mentioned to you the last time I saw you the um, the John Oliver interview mm-hmm. uh, when yeah, he had, yeah, when he had Dustin Hoffman. You must that's a must watch because I mean John Oliver, uh, and he never ceases to amaze me the balls on that guy that he, you know, there was a film screening. And he decides to bring up the the recent allegations, and and, and Dustin's obviously saying, um, "Why did you choose now to to talk about this?" And he just says, "Well, you know, it's basically hanging in the air. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel as if I should." Yeah. And then the, the audience are divided because half the audience are saying, "Oh, like um, heckling John, saying why are you talking about this now?" But then you would often hear cries from women, especially saying, "Thank you, John, for speaking out for women," and then there's like huge applause going on and stuff and I was like mm-hmm. wow I mean you know he really gets in there John and, and upsets the apple cart well in a way I mean like it's it's weird to think because I mean I know he's like you know he's he is kind of regarded as like you know he's like a John Stewart type figure that people respect his opinion and how he does things but he's actually in a way this is the thing that John Stewart ended up being on the Daily Show which I thought was one of the greatest things he ever did they were doing essentially sort of fake news and attacking, like they were doing a parody of news, and yet they were more respected than the people actually covering the news because of the way that they looked at it. And I mean, that's like the biggest, like the satire became bigger than the actual news they were covering, and 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 that's essentially what he's done. But it, my point is, it reinforces how shit journalism is now because of how little like people are actually I mean there are still journalists around that do that and they you know do an unbelievable job but you know it's like um there's that pro- there's that film out isn't there or coming out soon about the New York Times and how like they were going to like the, the revealing of um because Tom Hanks is it Tom Hanks isn't it actually f- funny coincidence him and Meryl Streep and it's about them revealing that Vietnam was not they didn't need to go to Vietnam and the New York Times are getting you know threatened to if you publish this we're going to come after you and the government were making them not want to release the documents saying that it was not complete bullshit and there's a film that it's it's a Steven Spielberg film I can't remember the name of it now I should have remembered it but I saw one of the pictures the other day with the trailer because I want to see Star Wars obviously which will end on that but um, but yeah, so I just want to say, because I know we haven't touched on things, we'll probably do a, a, a January podcast and we might redo a few things, because obviously there's a lot to talk about, but we're all pressed for time. Um, but uh, all I would like to say, and then I'll get Ricky to maybe go do a quick, uh, like sort of just a quick rundown of maybe things you remember. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, being that I'm a huge sort of science geek, is something that uh, I think is really important, because it's, well, not an important, but just a, a huge you know, thing that happened. Are you aware that they, um, uh, that Chinese scientists in July of this year successfully teleported a photon? Um, it, they, they, the, it, it's the, it's, it's so fascinating. So you know, teleportation, like in Star Trek, they basically teleported a photon up into, up into a satellite and then, and then teleported it back and they, like, and they essentially put something in it to show to so they would know that it's the same photon they were bringing back. So yeah. it basically proved the teleportation can happen is is true. I know they've already done this with the molecule, but they've actually now done it with the photon, which is bigger. Really? So, wow. Yeah. Funny so you the, mention that because um, do you ever listen to Fighting Talk on on Five Live? I do listen to that. Yes. 
because today, today's one, they were doing a review of the year, mm-hmm. and, and they did have a question saying, um, was there any news, in amongst all the fake news that was banded about, was there any <laughs> like, interesting uh, real bits of news that might have went, you know, and, you know, might have brushed under the carpet because we didn't hear about it, and and obviously they weren't given real answers. They were given like you know, I can't you know I can't remember the some of the but the way one involved John Terry, uh, a few mm-hmm. others. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. I mean, why didn't that not get big news? It, it sort of did, but it sort of didn't at the same time. But um, I think like the biggest sort of disservice about 2017. You said to summarize this year. Quickly, do you think yeah. because? Do you think because with the sort of Trump administration now, and they, they basically, they basically yeah. employed an anti-science team, haven't they? That any any sci- big science news they tend to water down because they, you know, they, they don't they essentially. Don't well, I mean, well, yes, and also they, 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 I think I'm right in saying that they're they're they're, they're giving the least amount of money to global warming research, and they don't they, they want to. You know they want to uh, reevaluate whether evolution is actually a theory, which is complete. You know, completely ha- uh, more harmful than anyone can possibly imagine. Um, so yeah, you're quite right. Like you know, but Trump is very anti. Trump is very anti any truth, really. I find, and that was what I was about to summarise. Is that we can name a whole bunch of good stuff that's happened in 2017. Stuff that's going to be it's going to be remembered for in a bad sense. It's probably going to be remembered for having like the the most idiotic president of all time running one of the biggest uh, power uh, countries on the planet and just all the really completely dumb ridiculous stuff he's done and that's sad to say that considering you know if we were doing the review last year or whenever uh, I, I probably said this when Obama got redone because we were doing we were on the air in 2014 or whatever it was um yeah it would have been 2012 so maybe not but well anyway it would have been like the his second term and I would have said at some point, like, Obama was, like, you know, hugely, you know, made America, like, sort of respected again, and then they completely <laughs> did a 180, and, <laughs> and now you're in a situation where, you know. I was so, I was so, um, so, so happy when he, when he, when he, when he became president. I, I even cried at the, when he, when he, at his inauguration. But he's, he disappointed me in some ways, you know, things like military warfare, you know, he still carried on with drones and so on, but... Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I do feel sorry for him because I do think, I mean, talking about Piers Morgan before, I know that's one of his passions is to yeah. is to make look make America look at itself for its stupid gun laws. And um, that was one of the good few things that Piers Morgan does. The other things that I hate him for, you know, like mm-hmm. discrediting mental health and all that stuff. But that's generally what, what one of the things Obama wanted to do was to bring in decent gun control but he always got voted down for it and he always wanted to bring in proper measures against climate change I mean he initially signed the Paris Agreement didn't he and then and then uh, Trump uh, pulled America out of it. Um, I, would, I would say as well because I found out a bit about this a couple of days ago and I need to read about it but apparently um, net neutrality got overruled in America is this true? Because I remember I, I saw a video recently and it was a guy, there was a streamer who I like was actually referenced it but for those who don't know what net neutrality is, is basically that we have the same rights as like companies do who provide the internet. And net neutrality, if it wasn't allowed, so it's been overturned, meaning that companies can essentially buy, you know, like, you know, space on the internet and, and, and all this kind of thing and, and buy ad space that means that like, for example, if you're on YouTube and you, so currently right now, you can make a YouTube video and if your YouTube video is successful, you'd get the same amount of money as everybody else. But if if net neutrality doesn't stay the same, then companies can basically pay whatever they want and get, like, first call. Not only that, if you had, like, an internet provider, they would get, like, the best internet connection ahead of you, whereas right now it's neutral. So that that's what, basically, companies in America are trying to, to get the government to approve. Um, so if, if, you're, if you're an American, please do vote to have that reinstated because <laughs> like it's a huge huge deal for the internet um i was really pissed off when i heard that, that happened um i think i'm right in saying that's I, I don't know i just remember a streamer mentioned it i need to read about it but if that's what's happened i'm deeply disturbed because like you know it's good that the it's good that the internet is neutral it should always remain that way. Um, anyway, yeah. So I guess the final thing, because I know we need, to, I need to wrap, we need to wrap this up. Is um, 
uh, I mean, because obviously the Christmas period, um, I went to see Star Wars on Tuesday. Um, so there's a big thing. And um, I don't want to say too much because Ricky said to me before we started doing this, he hasn't seen it. <laughs> so um, it's it's quite good. Um, I would just say it drags a bit in the middle. Because um, the the person I went to see it with, we both looked at our like phone at the same time during, halfway through the film because there's bits where it just goes like there's bits where you go that could have been like half the half the length in certain bits, but well, um, to make sure go to, go to the toilet before yeah or during <laughs> like yeah uh, or, or like during the bit where it gets a bit bland because I went to the toilet and came back and nothing much had happened. Um, but yeah, um, it has a good ending, and um, I have to say, like, because I don't know, I'm assuming you've heard the criticism of there's too many jokes in it. There's no, some... I haven't heard that, no. Well, well I've if... heard less about it as possible, to be honest. Okay, well, all, all, all I'll say, it doesn't ruin the film. It didn't, yeah. ru- it didn't ruin the film for me, so I don't think it would for you, is the only reviews that I ever got told about was that there was too many gags in it. Like, so what I mean is that there would be, like, a really serious moment, and then someone would say something quite dumb, and it was, like, a cheap laugh. Now I actually like didn't that mind it so much, um, just because there's some really good jokes in it. Like I I actually like belly laughed at some of them. Like they, it was really funny. And I I mean there were a couple of gags that I could sort of see where people were like, okay, it's not really like this now is not the time to 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 um be jokey. But like I say, there was some jokes in it that I I, I legitimately laughed and went, that's a really good, that's a really that's just funny. Um, and I don't really get this idea of the, you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, that's what I liked about Star Trek, uh, Star Trek in the, the sort of latter years when it, when they had regular television series on, is that they actually like, you know, dispense with the whole making it jokey. That's that was what's great was great about the original, even though I didn't watch very much of it, was that like, you know, they they didn't they 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 it, they, they did like make jokes with each other and they did say funny things and they were that that makes them more human. So the idea of the because Star Wars is like super super serious because it was back in the day that I'm pleased to kind of like you know let that little bit of it go because it, you know I, I I was surprised how much I laughed does it, during does the Star Wars. Just to the franchise. Sorry. Does, it, does the film do justice to the franchise? That that's all, that that was ultimately what I'd heard about the people that had seen it. They went, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like a Star Wars film. I wouldn't go as far as that. Um, it it felt a bit it felt like a Star Wars film, but it would it felt different. If that makes sense, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but um, I just felt it was a bit too long. But there were moments in it that were like, um, it was obviously Carrie Fisher's last performance. Yeah, like I'll not say that it 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 doesn't like you know give like an homage to her, but there's a it, it, all I'll say if you're anything like I was, you'll start like tearing up because there's the scene particularly where it's like, oh my god, how accurate is that? Um, yeah, there's a moment where like the kind of Carrie Fisher has a real like serious moment. And you're like. It means it. It has a. It really affects you because you go, "Wow, she's like no longer here." And it honestly, I was I was literally in tears. I was like, "Wow, that's really powerful." Um, but yeah, so there's some really good moments in it, and it's it's well worth seeing. I, I wouldn't like yeah, say yeah, to people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's. I watched Star Wars again because you know I absolutely detested the prequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue One, which I love, and I, and I keep watching that. I can never grow tired of watching Rogue One, but yeah. I'm... Yeah, I rewatched that the other day. It's actually I like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more the well, second I time. I would say this much yeah. about it that um, it's it's to me it's the second best film after A New Hope. I would go as far as to say that that's how highly I rate it. You know uh, what that you know what I might agree with you on that. I'd have to yeah. think about it a bit more, but you might be right because the, the um, I didn't like. Um, used uh, be, I used to love Empire, but but then I realised the. the the only reason I liked it is because of the Battle of the Hoth scene. Yes. The rest of the film is a bit bland. Yeah, I, I was mean, trying to think uh, which one I least liked. The, the, you, know, yeah. you know, I'm your father moment with mm-hmm. Luke and, and Darth, which is essential, obviously. But mm-hmm. but yeah, new yeah, Rogue One I thought was amazing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I would go along with that, yeah. Be interesting to see what you think of this one then. I think you... My guess yeah. is you'd put it... My guess is you might put it third or... Something okay, like that's that. great. I don't think it's as good as Rogue One, in my opinion, but yeah, you might you might think differently. Um, but uh, it's as I said, you, you'll you'll there'll, there'll, there'll be surprises in it. That's why I've not told you anything about it. There'll be stuff you'll be like, oh, all right, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I hope you enjoy it when you do see it. I think you will. 
Um, anyway, yeah, I guess we'll wrap this up. Uh, as I said, like we'll do probably some one time in January because um, we never really even talked about mentally sound. Because I would say that's the thing I'm most like excited about moving into 2018. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm still startled by the revelation that you know when you said in the email that that you you estimate what ten thousand. I'm guessing. I've got no idea, but like you know, based on like the amount of bandwidth that we've had, and like um, I just over like a couple of day period, which is kind of kind of exciting. Um, Cause I, 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 I won't only I won't know until it gets reset, and even then, it's only est- it's an estimate, but um. But um, yeah, what he, what Ricky's referring to is our Christmas show that we put out for our radio show. We put out something like two days before Christmas, and then like two days later, it, it said you couldn't download it anymore um, because we ran out of bandwidth. So actually, I, uh, I that's actually good because I'm going to put this out tomorrow. So if you are listening to this when it comes this comes out, the reason that you can't download Mentally Sound is because uh, it will reset on the first. Um, so if you want to listen to that, you have to wait till the first for it to be reset. And in the meantime, we're going to talk to the people behind the scenes about paying to get more bandwidth, um, so that doesn't happen again. Um, because, uh, t- because when 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 it, I mean a couple of a couple of guests um, were, were asking about it, and one in particular, Ian, uh, who I think did download it almost immediately, and he shared it. He shared it amongst the veteran community, which is quite big. Mm-hmm. And then he told me that it had net. It, well that'll be that'll be that'll be the reason because <laughs> the thing is if you sent the link the link uh, the link will go on our server that's the reason we send it as a clickable link so we know who listens to it um so yeah so yeah so that's like pretty amazing and just in general just as a, as a summary we moved to spice and mentally sound on a on april of this year and yeah it just it's gone amazingly well and like we've progressed even just being on spice like the show's gotten better and better and better and like we're in a really good spot now where i feel like we're getting really good guests we're um we're, we're getting potentially new people wanting to be involved in it um i'm just super excited by it it's like it's definitely like i think like i mean in general i mean this is just circumstance with my personal life because obviously i do a lot more of these shows but i think like mentally sounds gone better than geek apocalypse has this year and I don't mean that in a negative sense, in that I don't not want to keep doing Geek Apocalypse. Of course, I do. I'm just saying Geek Apocalypse has a lot more work for me. In a funny way, it's it's probably it's probably better than uh, my own work circumstances as yeah. well. So I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I just meant in terms of like just like the fulfillment of like you know doing something risky and it like paying off and. And, uh, and, yeah, and fulfillment and, and feedback yeah. and just the feel good factor that you get that you know from doing something that you know matters and, re- mm. and is relevant and and, ju- and just I always think retrospectively because again if we're doing a year review looking retrospectively about this is when we do mentally sound now and I go and like get ready for the show and turn up for on the day that we do it I just have next to no stress about doing it now whereas. <laughs> You know, as as well, I tried before, before on the previous station, and <laughs> and given the kind of rigmarole we had to go through to prepare and all that, I was like, oh god, do I have to do this? And even beforehand, like two weeks, one week running up to it, mm-hmm. I get quite nervous about it. But now, I just look forward to it, and I, and I can't wait. And mm-hmm. it's just, and I'm just excited to meet new people and just having a, a really good conversation and uh, and uh, just waiting for feedback from people and and. I like to think. Yeah, so that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, so that that's something to definitely work on. Like literally, you know, as I said, what's great about that, we literally have to work on that from like the first of January because we have to talk to Alistair and see what we can do. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm hugely thankful for that. Cool. So yeah, I mean, obviously we could talk about a huge bunch of other things, but as I said, the the, the downside is it will be known as the Trump year. But hopefully, in 2018 review, we can go. I oh, remember that this is the year that Trump got uh, got thrown out. Um, yeah. That's what, that's that's my the one hope. thing it will be remembered for because if 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 as believed, if Trump does end up coming over here, um, <laughs> they, they predict that um, you know when when millions of people came out in March against the war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something like it's it's been estimated between one and two million people. Mm-hmm. That potentially it would see, it would it would do as much as that or even beyond. Yeah. That, that if Trump visits, then 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 there'll be like a million people out in protesting the streets of, of Britain. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Good point. Uh, I guess all leaves us to say is just thank you for listening to everybody who has uh, downloaded this and whatnot. 
and obviously uh, as i said like anyone who listens to mentally sound as well we really appreciate it and um yeah i guess with it being that we've recorded this on the 30th it's going to go out the 31st so it leaves us to say is happy new year to everybody um because uh, I'm, I'm willing to say that even though i just said i don't like new year's eve but yeah so i'm saying happy new year to everybody i hope that um you know that the, the, the next year starts off just as well and my plan is to be more consistent with this podcast and to get more guests than i did this year because i think on average uh because of circumstance i only did like a couple of months which is not that you know i used to average a, a one a week uh in the last few years so um, that's obviously because the circumstances are not being very well and my mom's not being very well recently and when my laptop was broken and all this kind of thing so um so i'm going to try and not miss as many weeks as i did this year um but obviously that yeah as i said majority of that was down to circumstance so yeah so my plan is to get you know back into the swing of making sure i've got guests ready uh more consistently essentially uh, and maybe back on the convention circuit who knows um that, that that's something I, I i've missed doing so maybe go to the odd convention every now and again uh oh, cool uh, anything to add ricky no just i'll echo your words just it's been another great year um working with you it's glad i'm super glad the way that meant the direction of mentally sounds going and long may continue into the next year and um yeah I'm just I'm just gutted, uh, listeners, that Ricky didn't say his number one memory is being friends with me. I'm only kidding. Yeah, you could have said the same to me. I didn't say it, so. Uh, <laughs> but no. no, no, honestly, it's been really. F- I, I I I echo that. It's been really fun, mate. So. Was that each other at the beginning of Mentally Sound? How we're both doing all these. Yeah, yeah. No, and as I said, I—I I mean, um, I, I bigged you up quite a lot in that meeting with Kaylee, didn't I? I was like, uh, yeah, I, I like you know, because yeah, I mean, I—I—I I, I was kind of was referencing, as I said earlier, when we were doing, you know, co-hosts that kept changing uh, back in the day. That just drove me crazy, and it's just as I said, it's so nice to have a rapport with somebody and know that, like, you know, when we're doing interviews and I need to do something on the computer, I can just let you ask them stuff. Um, and as you said, it really works as a good dynamic because you have like sort of set questions ready. And then you, I can add, I can add to what you ask, or I can, you know, and then I can go back to doing what I'm doing. It's got a really good dynamic to it, and I think yeah, you just, and, and that's why I'm excited to see how we can expand it. So, yeah. so as I said, uh, please do subscribe to this podcast. Obviously, we're going to make a huge ton of more in 2018. Um, we're obviously going to do Mentally Sound, which is once a month, so that's our mental health show that we do, which is on Spice FM. Uh, every second Friday, 12 till 2 p.m. So you can listen to spicefm.co.uk. So go and type that in iTunes and that, that we release that as a podcast, which is currently not available, but it will be from the first. Um, and our next one is the some t- second week of January. I don't quite know. Do you know what date that is? The next one? The 10th or something, isn't it? Uh, 12th, I think. 12th, yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, so that's Friday's next one we're doing for that. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. So, all these minutes series, happy new year, everybody, and I'll end the podcast like always ends. The Wizard of the Great Beam, movie, Robot Trust, Crash and Burn, and for the last time in 2017. See you later, guys. Uh, have a good one. Cheerio, thanks. <laughs>